We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 394. Get ready to be inspired with our guest today, the young rider who has been making waves at this year's Winter Equestrian Festival. Fresh off her incredible second place finish in the 215,000 Mars Equestrian Grand Prix, she joins us to share her inside scoop on her journey from the arena to the winner's circle. She started at a super young age and ride alongside her mom and her sister. It is a huge part of their life and it has been so fun to watch her from the ponies to the juniors and today with big dreams and aspirations for a bright future in show jumping. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Mimi Gotchman. Hi, Mimi. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Very good. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you are so busy. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I am going to have you majorly take us back to the beginning. (laughs) How did you first start riding? So my mom actually rode throughout her whole life. Um, She started doing um, 4-H stuff in New Jersey and always had horses a part of her and her sister's life and grew up doing low-level shows and fell in love with the sport immediately and then when she got a bit older she kind of did the regular pipeline of equitation to amateur owner hunting and she also did a bit of jumping and or show jumping as well and um, when she had kids she put us on ponies immediately so uh, I've been riding since I was like two and yeah it went from there. <laughs> totally. Um, tell me, give me a little overview of some highs from your pony career. I was fortunate enough to have a lot of great ponies. Um, Scott Stewart and Ken Berkeley are very passionate about pony jumping. So um, we, we did a lot of great things. Um, probably some of my best moments. I was grand champion at pony finals on Storyteller. I won the Washington International Pony Equitation Championship. Mm. That was great. I won the Pony Derby down here at WEF uh, twice on a medium pony called True Love, which was really, really cool and fun. Yeah. Um, and then definitely some lows were like, I fell off a lot. <laughs> um, I fell off at Harrisburg once and I had like gone a really good score in the first round and then went into the handy and pop chipped and fell off at the first round. Oh, so- no definitely a sad day and I also uh, there's like pony medal finals at pony finals and I like had a really good round and then missed a lead change so that uh, was definitely disappointing and oh uh, gosh yeah when we were younger and we would fall off my mom used to like make it a fun thing so we would bake cookies and that was always funny but it got to the point where Sophie and I would fall off almost every single day so we would just bake cookies every single night and she was like we can't keep baking cookies. Oh, funny. but that was that was I mean ponies they're um they teach you how to ride that's for sure totally um I feel like where I had 
have the most memories of you and have seen you um, was during your your junior career riding with you know a couple of my junior kids. And so tell me a little bit about your junior riding experience. Um, I saw you a lot in the hunters and the equitation. At what point did you start the jumpers and how did that kind of um, start unfolding as a junior? Yeah, I was, again, fortunate enough to have a lot of um, support from my family and trainers in terms of my junior career. And I definitely had so much fun during my junior career, and I absolutely loved it. I started to do jumpers pretty early on, which was great because I got exposed to it super early. And I was able to kind of get a feel for it and see how much I liked it. And while I would simultaneously do the equitation and the hunters, I would also do junior jumpers as well so I kind of once I started to get a bit older and and got towards the point where I was going to be aging out I kind of decided to switch my focus to jumpers just because I really wanted to go um, far in the sport and I thought that the best way to do that would to truly focus on jumping because Mm -hmm. that's kind of you can go the furthest in terms of championships and stuff like that but I mean I'll always have a hunters and my sister and my mom still do the hunters and I kind of get in there every once in a while yeah huge love it so I I I'm lucky enough that I got to kind of try everything when I was a junior and I had um an amazing junior career and I I had a a blast doing all the things and kind of figuring out how to best do each of the disciplines but then I ended up sticking to jumpers amazing Uh, well you've had a great first half of the WEF season. So congratulations on your impressive silver honors in the uh, 215,000 Mars Equestrian Grand Prix at WEF. That's so fun. Um, yeah. yeah. Walk, walk me through a little bit about what you felt when you kind of like realized you had secured such a great placing against, I mean, really some of the the top riders. Uh, tell me a little bit about your thought process going into it and then the course itself and and when you realized that you had found that success. Yeah, I was I was pretty level-headed that day, which was great. Um my horse that I won that or that I got second on in that competition um has been a long long time partner of mine. I mean, I've she pretty much taught me from my the very middle of my junior career to now and we've been together I think this will be our fourth full year together and she's absolutely incredible so I was very um confident in her ability and I knew that she would go in there and try to do her very best so I tried to focus a lot on what my plan would be and kind of making sure to give her the best chance that she has at completing the course in a successful way but um when I went into the jump off, I knew that it was a smaller jump off and that always gives you a little bit of confidence because it kind of secures you a placing. But I was up against two very competitive riders and I had a plan in mind and there was a leave out in the first line, which I opted not to do. And mm. got it, maybe could have done that. But mm. I I was really looking for that smooth double clear, which I was able to achieve. And I was super proud of my horse and my team because those kind of days don't happen very often. And at the top of the sport, it's it's hard to um, always have a top placing in a Grand Prix like that, especially here at WEF where it's so competitive. So I was super, super excited and happy about it. And I 
felt very um, proud of my horse and grateful for all the hard work that went into it. So I, I had a, I had a great time and a great day and it'll definitely be a day that I'm fond of for quite Definitely. a while. Yeah. You've mentioned before the finding inspiration in watching top riders in the competitive environment, especially at WEF. You're so close to them and, you know, really able to watch them prepare and school their horses there. So what have you learned from watching top riders in this environment specifically in Wellington? I think there's a lot to learn about your school and how you prepare your horse for the show ring. I always watch people in the show ring, of course, but um, I learned a lot from watching people in the in the schooling area and kind of seeing the different ways that they choose to prepare their horses. And I think that's kind of where I, I learned the most. There's definitely uh, an art to that and trying to get your horse to kind of be on its game, but not to scare them in the schooling ring and make them feel confident going into the school, into the show ring, but while also giving them prepar preparation in terms of like distances and speed and to make sure I'm not going too slow in the schooling ring because in the show ring, you'll be going a whole lot faster and stuff like that. I've kind of tried to tweak my own strategy in terms of preparation in the schooling ring and I think from watching a lot of top riders including my own trainer it's been able to improve and I think that my horses walk into the ring super confident now so I think from being here at WEF and being able to see all the top riders kind of prepare and the different types of jumps they do whether they do a really skinny tall oxer or Mm-hmm. a wider oxer or something square versus ramped and kind of just figuring out about ground lines and how how big you really should school and in preparation for a big class and stuff like that and a lot of it is dependent on the horse for sure Definitely. that can also change things but I think just watching people and the types of jumps or what they do at their last jump before going into the ring that kind of stuff has definitely informed my own my own school Definitely. Um, with, yeah, with that being said, and obviously each horse is totally different for everything, but definitely for the warm-up ring. Give me an example of one of your horses um, and what you do specifically in the warm-up area. Well, for my horse, Selena BH, who's the one I mentioned a bit earlier that I've had for quite a while, I actually know her very well. And she is a very catty and smart mare. Like she definitely knows what's going on. She's got a experience now. She's she's 14 this year and she's been competing in the bigger classes with me for quite a while. So when we school, I try to actually keep it pretty easy on her. I know that she's a very, very careful horse and that she knows what she's doing. So like trying to trick her or trying to Mm get -hmm. her She knows. Yeah, is not always <laughs> the most productive way to do it. So yeah. we, we usually let on the lesser side of jumps. We don't try to jump too many jumps in the schooling ring. And we'll usually um, build up the oxers because sometimes she'll get a little careful at the oxers in the schooling ring just from like knowing kind of what will happen in the schooling ring and how Right. that that's a preparation space. So we'll try to kind of keep her feeling really confident over the oxers. And I tend to sometimes go a little bit too slow in the schooling ring and kind of very lackadaisical. And I'm always reminded, like, keep your pace in the turn because Mm. in the you you are going at a different pace and to kind of best prepare her by emulating what I want to have in the ring. So um, we definitely jump some very tall jumps at the end just to get her ready for the height, just so she knows that it's coming. But I, I, I never try to trick her. If she rubs a jump, great. Then she'll have a little touch before going in the ring. But I'm never trying to really 
trick her into it and she's super good at that kind of stuff and just having her confident going into the ring because I know she'll try to jump the jumps clear if I give her a good shot at it so totally it's not one that I have to really tell what to do so that's yeah. kind of a strategy with her awesome Whether you've experienced Wellington in person or have seen it on Instagram or the live stream, anyone can admit that Wellington International is the world's leading hub for the equestrian excellence. It's nestled in the heart of Wellington, Florida, and they are proud hosts of the renowned Winter Equestrian Festival. Between WEF and their ESP annual series, they have over 40 weeks of horse showing. They truly are revolutionizing equestrian sport. So you can witness the excitement in person or online from January through March, either through live stream or competing or spectating yourself. They also have every weekend Saturday Night Lights, which is a spectacle like no other. The Saturday Night Lights really offers you to experience the top of the sport and get up close and personal with top riders. So for more information, visit their website at wellingtoninternational.com. That's wellingtoninternational.com. And you can learn more about events, hospitality, the venue, how to watch online, and more information on the showgrounds. All right, let's get back to the episode. With, with I feel like, your age and the level that you're you're competing at, um, you know, competing with some of the world's top riders, some of whom must be role models to you, it's got to be, like, both exhilarating and, you know, challenging or intimidating. So what lessons have you learned along the way from these experiences, like, especially competing at WEF in these classes, um, do you feel like have uh, contributed to your growth as a rider and competitor? I think um, I've been lucky that I get to compete here because it's super, super competitive and it Mm -hmm. kind of gives you what reality really looks like and kind of what level you're at and compare it to all the best riders in the world, which is super nice. Growing up, I always wanted to win, which everyone does, but I was always like, it's all about winning. And I think Mm. growing up here at WEF and like when you start to jump some of the bigger Grand Prix's, you win less than maybe I would have in like the medium or low junior jumpers when I was younger. So I think that a lot of the growth kind of came from my own mental strength and remembering how good my horses are and remembering how competitive they can be and kind of taking a step back and remembering that everything is a learning experience and there's always growth to be had and learning to be done. So kind of just keeping cool and remembering to stay mentally strong because this sport can be super discouraging at times and I've had my fair share of down days and I think that just kind of remembering that I've had all the tools and that my team is always constantly trying to improve me and I'm always trying to figure out what the next best thing that I can do is is to just kind of stay calm and remember the basics and be really open to change and discussion because horses have their own minds and it doesn't always go the way you want so growing up here has kind of brought that into perspective and it's allowed me to also realize that I'm not the only one that doesn't always have the best day, you know? Mm. That's a very mature thought of you, Mimi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like also um, with 
competing in in different types of classes at WEF, do you have a different strategy when facing different competitors and courses? Let's say like U25 versus like doing a five-star Grand Prix. Like, do you have a different mindset as far as your approach towards those two different types of classes? For me, at when it gets to that level where you're jumping U25 to five-star Grand Prix, yes, the height is different but at that at that point it's pretty marginal I mean mm. going from 145 slash 150 in a U25 to jumping 160 is only a couple of holes so I think it usually um it depends on what horse I'm riding I, I tend to try to kind of ride some of the younger ones in the U25 division to give them a shot at some of those bigger classes just because they are lucky enough to jump out on the field and get a load of experience and jump under the lights and stuff like that but um, I think in terms of mindset, I always try to actually think of them both very similarly and and always put all I have into everything um, or anything that I'm jumping and remember the basics and remember what I've been taught and keep really cool. I think you can definitely get caught up in like the the statistics of the class, like mm-hmm. whether it's five star under the lights or a five star on the field or a U25 under the lights versus a U25 out on the field. And I think that sometimes those things can kind of get in your head and interfere with what you're doing. And knowing, knowing the height and knowing what your horse can do is kind of the best part of it because you'll never be put in a class. Like my trainer is not going to put me in a class that me or my horse cannot do. So kind of just remembering that this is something that I can achieve and, Mm -hmm. and remembering that, um, if I give it my best shot, that that's all I can do. So I try not to have super different mindsets for those two different types of competitions, just because I think just my sole focus on, on either of them is important. Definitely. Looking ahead, what are some of your goals and aspirations for the future um, of your equestrian career? Like, are there particular competitions or achievements that you're aiming for both like near future and then a little bit more down the road? Yes, for sure. I am definitely aiming to be on some more senior nations cups this summer. I'm, I'm trying to apply for some of the nations cups that they hold in Europe this summer and some of those bigger shows. Those would definitely be some that I apply for and hope to get to compete at. And then further in the future, I guess I'm always trying to aim for championships. So I'll jump some World Cup qualifiers this fall, hopefully, and qualify for World Cup finals. And then eventually do some major championships like the Pan Ams or Nations Cup finals or uh, WEG. Those Mm -hmm. are kind of competitions that I definitely hope to be able to compete in in the far future and hopefully one day jump at the Olympic Games. But, I mean, those kind of things are so so complicated and they really depend on all sorts of things and I am Mm -hmm. still a student in college and I mean those kinds of goals are good to have but I mean focusing really for me on just being consistent at like the five-star level and being a good horsewoman and like consistency throughout my team and stuff is always definitely something I'm also looking for. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a great mindset, but I'm still happy that you said the O word because I think that that's, you know, <laughs> always a special and, and fun, you know, thing to look forward to that is genuinely attainable, you know, on the trajectory that you're going. So I think that's exciting to even have that on the docket as, as a possibility. Um, you Earlier, you mentioned um, mental strength and mindset being, you know, such a crucial part. So in these high pressure environments, um, how do you stay focused and confident during maybe the intense moments in the arena? Um, you know, that's something I'm still kind of figuring out. I definitely wouldn't say I have a perfect answer for that. I'm, I've never been someone that has to deal with like in really intense nerves, which I'm super grateful for. Like I'm not super nervous when it comes to competitions um which is helpful <laughs> but yeah. I definitely get I'm more on the anxious side a little bit in terms of those competitions and just making sure that everything is right and that I've got my plan and that the horse is feeling good and all these things and I think for me right now the best thing in terms of preparation for classes is keeping calm and um not getting in my head about the very minute details of like myself and like picking apart my own riding and stuff like that and kind of really focusing on what I can do to improve mm -hmm. my riding what I can do to have the best outcome that I can and um stuff like that I yeah. um yeah that's kind of what I would say yeah <laughs> reflecting on your journey so far in riding what is one piece of wisdom or insight that you've gained that you wish you would have known when you first started riding competitively I think something that I've kind of learned now is to be over prepared I guess mm -hmm. I've always felt like I'm, I always feel like I'm prepared, but to always be over prepared for anything that can happen and kind of um, be prepared for it to not go your way. Because I, I used to have a lot of trouble with with things not going completely the way that I had planned or something like that, just because I have such a organized planner mindset. And I think to be over prepared in my own mind about um, the outcome of things and being less upset if something doesn't go my way and thinking more about the positivity that can come from a learning experience or something that my horse has learned or something that can can grow and be better. Um, definitely. I definitely wish I'd kind of slowed myself down, even as a junior rider and just been like, it is okay. This will figure itself out. Mm -hmm. um, this is kind of what everyone experiences and you're not the only one going through this. Like, just relax for a minute because yeah. I often find that if I relax and calm down I'm going to find a solution way better than if I'm like super anxious and trying to go super fast about it so kind of just be calm and let things yeah. happen and know that everyone is always trying to help me and I'm always trying to do my best so just kind of relax yeah I love that what would you say is something that you are passionate about in the industry that people either don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about I think this is I kind of have mentioned this before yeah. a couple of times in interviews but I think that includes inclusivity of the sport and kind of broadening the horizons of the sport would definitely be something that I think needs to be talked about more mm. there is definitely a lot of very fortunate people in the sport which I'm part of but I think there's always ways since I've been given such an advantage and since I've been given everything that I have 
for me to give back to my community and give back to people and always be looking for something else that I can do to help. And I think that that is something that needs to be talked about more. I've been able to kind of connect with a lot of similar minded people, which has been absolutely fantastic. And that's something I've always tried to foster in my own life and my own family. We definitely discuss this all the time. Yeah. And my mom and my sister are definitely very um, kind of in the same mindset as I am. And we are always looking for what we can do to help others. And I feel like your family has done a great job having some, um, you know, exciting opportunities and initiatives to to broaden the community more. So I I definitely think, um, you know, a way, you know, people can talk about that, but I think making that next step of actually doing and thinking of some ways to act on that is just as important. And I feel like that's something that you guys do really well. Thank you. Yeah, we're always trying to put our words into action and broaden the horizons of our sport for sure. Well, Mimi, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. It's been lovely chatting with you. It's amazing to watch you ride and grow in your career and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you next week.